hours to get ready? Honestly, it wasn't actually two hours. I was just like trying to, you know, give myself some time so I didn't yeah. have you waiting. I, I, I'm just, I'm totally just teasing you. I was like, yo, being a, being a girl's tough, so you guys have to. It is tough. You got to put all your stuff on. Y'all got to look fresh. I get it. I get it. I just, yes. I just roll out of bed and I'm just rolling, you know, so. I wish. Yeah. I wish. All right. So, you know, first thing I want to, I, I want to do is congratulate you. Got your MBA. What, what does that, what does that feel like? It feels amazing. It's funny. Like I remember having this feeling when I was not this exact feeling, but I remember dreaming about, you know, going back to school and, um, you know, getting some type of advanced degree. And it's funny, like it wasn't easy. Like when I graduated from Albany back in 2014, um, I applied for grad school, like in business school um, at Albany thinking like, yeah, I got my undergrad from here. Like I'll be fine. Like I'll get in, like whatever. Um, definitely didn't happen that way. So um, it's funny. I actually had a graduate assistantship that would have allowed it to be free, but um, I didn't get in. So that kind of didn't work out. So I had to go back to Toronto, you know, work a little bit, applied to another school, got in, but didn't have the funds. So I had to work again. What school was that? Uh, Florida State. Oh, Florida. that's right. That's yeah. right. I should remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So I ended up doing that for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, started working with the Pan Am games and I decided, Hey, I want to work in sport or do like some type of, you know, sport program. So then I ended up at the program that I just graduated from. So it wasn't easy, but you know, got here. So happy I did it. So when you look back through kind of all those steps that it took, would you say that because you had all those obstacles that that made a lot more sweeter, like when you actually did finish it? Absolutely. I think I appreciate it a lot more. I think if I got it the first time when I got in, I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have under, you know, appreciated the struggle. Like I think the process of, you know, understanding the value of actually what it, you know, like the, the value of actually getting into a program, being there and appreciating what you're learning, taking every moment um, when you're in that program for like what it is, like trying to, you know, get as much knowledge as you can from like your professors, from all the connections that they bring in, like that was gold for me. And if I was to get into my program or any program right out of um, undergrad, I wouldn't have had that because for me, like it was just when I thought about it, when I graduated initially, like I thought it was something that, you know, like these are the steps, like I graduate, um, I apply to grad school, I get in, I graduate again, I get a job. Like Mm -hmm. that was just like, you know, easy. That would have happened in like what a few months and it would have been done. But like after going through all the obstacles and like really um, learning like the processes and really having to, I guess, like mold myself into the person that would allow me to get into the program that I did and then, you know, um, excel after that is what really, gave me the opportunity to really just feel I guess just like better just you know like feel more appreciative of Mm -hmm. the process so it's it definitely makes it sweeter (laughs) (laughs) all right so for for everybody listening uh me and Tanel go way back like I I I actually don't even know I I I don't know when I actually like first like met you like I remember the year but I don't remember the actual um like was it a party that I first met you what was it? That's funny that you say that. Because I feel like when I think of what, like, our childhood and me just knowing you, it's like you just popped up. So yeah, I don't and, know. and honestly, that's, a, like, that's how, like, and, and for everyone listening, we'll, we'll get into it more. Like, so Tanel went out with one of my best friends growing up, and you yeah. know, we'll, we'll get into that more. But, yeah, I don't, I don't actually have a story of, like, oh, like, I met her this day or anything. Like, it was just. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think there was a party, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. 
One of those ones at Janelle's house. Yeah, I didn't even know whose house it was. I was at someone's house that went to Birch Mount. And I know Andre was there. Andre was the only person I knew. And then I knew of you. And I think that was the first time. I don't even think we really talked at that party. No, not really. It was just, yeah, you were just, it was just really random. Yeah. And but what's sweet about it is over the years, like we definitely got to know each other more and then we just talked and talked and just became good friends and stuff like that. So absolutely. But I wanted to bring you on. The reason I wanted to do this with you specifically is because one, like I, I know just from your whole MBA experience, you know, everything you've done in school, you've always been extremely intelligent and I've always admired that about you. Thank you. But also I just feel like you have a lot of stuff to say about just different topics, but like you don't have a platform right now that you're currently using to right. like kind of get your, your voice out there. So I, I just feel like, you know, it'd be nice to, uh, get that voice out there so people can hear just different aspects from, you know, being a black female, you know, you, oh, you obviously I was just talking about that. I'm so funny. My friend yeah. from college is actually here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were literally just having that conversation. So it's just funny that you bring that up, but yes, yeah, so not to cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 That's totally cool. That's totally cool. Cause I, I, one of the first things I actually want to do is I want to ask, and we'll get into that next, like just so people understand your background, like how did you get started in sports in general? Like what was like that moment that got you in? Uh, to wanting to be an athlete? Yeah, um, it all started back, honestly, let's start even before elementary school. I think like um, any athlete that becomes a college athlete or a high school athlete, I think it just starts from like the way you grow up and the way your parents um, socialize you. My dad was always someone that really took us out to do everything, whether it be, you know, rollerblading, rollerblading bike riding. Um, we started swimming, didn't finish. So I still can't swim, but... <laughs> but you, so you still can't swim to this day? Like at all? Yeah, I still can't swim, but... At um, all? Like none? Like you can't, like... Oh my if, I, if you throw me in a pool, I'll drown, basically. <sighs> and, and by the way, just so everyone knows, she lives in Florida, too, so she's surrounded by water and can't swim. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to the beach. Not going to happen. Um, but yeah, like my dad just really took us out and did anything really sport-related, and I think that's really important for... Um, I guess even parents that really want their kids to get involved in sport later on, like it's not about specializing in a specific sport, but just exposing your kid to like different types of um, active activities. So that's really what we did. So that opened up the door um, when I went to elementary school, I was in everything, whether it be volleyball, um, basketball, like anything. I always wanted to play the boys and whatever I could because I was just that competitive. Mm-hmm. So um, of course I decided, I wanted to play basketball. That was like my first love. Like I wanted to be a basketball player, but um, it didn't work out. I was just tall and fast. I couldn't really do much else. So (laughs) I ended up um, trying out cross country because that actually comes before the track season. So Mm. I ended up being really, really good at cross country, but um, I'll never forget uh, my defining moment with running um, in elementary school was I I had this track, this, uh, not track, uh, cross country meet. Mm. And I'm running, 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 not tired, but I was just scared that I was going to get lost in the woods. Yeah. So I was just following this girl and like just following her the whole way. And I was like, I can pass her, but if I pass her, I'm not going to know where to go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I ended up getting second at that track meet and I was really upset. I mean, at that cross country meet, but I was really upset because I could have got first if I was just, you know, kind of knew like where to go. But, uh, yeah, that opened the door to track and field and mm-hmm. then found that I was pretty good at that and I took it the whole way. And, you know what it, I'm glad I did it's definitely something that I didn't think was going to end up the way it did because I was kind of scared uh, when I graduated from high school I didn't think I was good enough to go D1 um, I actually chased down my scholarship I didn't get recruited or anything I actually what I did is I wrote down a list of schools I 
didn't know anything about these schools, but I wrote down a list of every single D1 school. And my mission was to contact every coach at every single D1 school Mm -hmm. and to see if I could get a scholarship, whether it be partial, whatever, because my final year um, in high school, I decided, hey, my boyfriend's going to the States. Ian's going to the States. My sister's going to the States. Like, I can go, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up securing something at St. Francis. Definitely wasn't my first uh, choice, but they were going to give me a full. So I decided, hey, let's go there and work my butt off to go somewhere better. So that's exactly what I did. I forgot you transferred. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so that's how I ended up at Albany and my motivation to get out of that school. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so many so many good things to touch on there. So the first yeah. thing, I think it's important you talk about uh, how you weren't highly recruited because I actually wasn't highly recruited either. Like, yeah. I really had to grind for it. Iowa State was the only school that wanted me for you. You didn't have a huge – like, I think that's the way people always see recruiting, that you're so good in high school. You have 50 schools that all are recruiting you, and that you, that's not how it works for most people, I would say. I would say there's, like, a, a small group of kids that are really good and get that. So right. for yourself now, uh, what would you say to someone out there who feels like they were in your position where they feel like, hey, you know what, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm kind of, like, right on that line between being able to go. What would you say to them to kind of encourage them? I would say do your research. Um, when I was looking at schools, I knew some schools would be out of my league. I knew my times and I knew I was also an ambitious person that was gonna work my butt off to be at the school I wanted to be, even if I was starting somewhere else. I had the vision of transferring. I knew I was based on what I was running at the time. I wasn't gonna go to the best school, but I mean, it didn't hurt to talk to them a little bit, but I still did my research and I looked at the conferences um, that were running around the times that I was running. and. For me, like I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't highly recruited. I wasn't running that fast when I came out of high school. So for me, it was staying kind of in the Northeast. So I looked at the Northeast Conference and looked at the times that they were running for my event. And um, those are the schools that I really focused on, the schools that I really, the coaches that I really um, tried to get my name out there to. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's, that's how it worked. I ended up being in the Northeast Con- Conference, <laughs> like I targeted. And uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Do your research and just find the conference that really aligns with where, where you're running right now. And hey, like if you use that platform to really work yourself um, I mean, work on your talent, get better, and then you never know, you can transfer transfer later to somewhere that you really want to be at. One thing I, I think you also do a really good job of in the time I've known you is you have in your mind, you know what you want in your life. You have a vision. And like I, you even mentioned before, like you had a dream of like kind of doing your MBA and all that type of stuff. You, you lock in on that vision, but then you don't let the short-term obstacles derail you so i think a good example is when you did go back to toronto and you were just working because the nba stuff didn't work out uh talk a little bit about that part of just you know what you want but you also understand that the road is going to be windy it's not going to be linear it's not going to go completely smooth just from you know a b c d sometimes it's going to go a b you got to go back to a you got to skip over to d you got to go back to c like it's just you're jumping all over the place but you know that the goal is you got to get to z and once you get to Z, you're going to be happy because you kind of you know, finished out what you what you started. You just kind of speak on that a little bit. Yeah, I think it really comes down to never losing sight of like your vision and what you want. Um, when I went back home to Toronto, like it was it could have been so easy to just get comfortable. I was waking up at 
3 a.m. in the morning to be at work at four to do a job that I absolutely did not like at mm -hmm. all. Yeah. And I think that's what it was that like really drove me to keep on pushing, to keep on, you know, every time I was at work and I had a break, I was researching like something that I could do, whether it be a, a program that I can apply to, that I can maybe go to school um, to get an advanced degree so that I can do something that I did want to do. Um, at one point, I thought I wanted to be an athletic performance. So I actually enrolled in an online program with the University of Florida where I was doing um, learning like more science-based stuff like athletic movement and development and things like that because I thought I wanted to do that but I think it's just really like like you said planning and like understanding where you want to be and even if you don't necessarily know what your end goal is at the time sometimes it's an, it's an expensive um, journey like I like I said I had to pay thousands of dollars to get in that program and I'm not even doing anything um, related to that but it's really just um, honing in on whatever you want to do being willing to kind of um, go through that journey no matter how expensive it is no matter how difficult it is and just learning about yourself as you go through the process and that's really like what it is just like stay stay ambitious stay um just be willing to really develop yourself and it, it's a journey like you, sometimes you're going to get to a dead end like you said and you're going to have to turn all the way around but i mean that's the beauty of it and when you get to your destination you're just so much happier and so much more appreciative and, and what difference would you say sports have made in your life in terms of transitioning? Because I think one thing you've done really well is transition from, I'm an athlete, like athletics is my life, track and field is my life, this is what I do all day, this is who I am, this is what people know me as, right. to slowly kind of ditching that and being like, okay, I do these other things. Because you know, yeah. we, and we've talked about this already, a lot of people have a hard time kind of ditching the, you know, the other side, the track side or whatever, yeah. and they can't let go of it, so then, they can't really find something else to love and, and kind of put themselves into. So how did you go about doing that? It's tough. You got to find yourself again. Cause I think when we talked about this earlier is like all my life, I've been an athlete. I graduated from school from being in a college athlete. And if someone was to ask me like, Hey, like Tanel, tell me about yourself. Like, who are you? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'm an athlete. Like there's nothing else that I had. I had no other substance to me. And, not that wasn't the reality, but in my head, that's what it was because I just didn't know myself. Mm -hmm. So it took years. Like when I graduated in 2014 um, from being a college athlete, and I don't think I really understood like what I was passionate about and what I love until um, maybe a few months ago, to be honest. And that's diversity and inclusion. Like I didn't, I didn't know that. I had to go through so many things, do so many like um, projects, work with different people, and see what really fired me up. And it's a process like you just got to really um, take the time to like know yourself and just find different things to substitute uh, what it was that you used to do. And for me, that was running and track. Um, so what I what I did when I graduated is, is finding different things that I could do to kind of get my mind off of that type of um, athletic mentality. Like, get, don't get me wrong, like I'm still um, very active. But the way I kind of um, transitioned was like, you know, going to the gym all the time. Like I knew that for me, um, track became something that was mentally um stabilizing like if i when i was working out i would be able to let go of all of the obstacles and like stress that i was going through in my life mm -hmm. um so i use that um through just going to the gym you know just going on runs and things like that and just finding different things that'll allow me to still be active and kind of feel like i'm a little bit of an athlete but not really so um yeah it's just trying to find a substitute and just really just letting go of um what it is you used to be because Unfortunately, we're not going to be an athlete forever. We have to find something else to do. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I, I want to add into that, that question too is I think social media now makes it harder to do that yes. because 
if your whole social media is track or football or whatever sports you play right. and then you're done it's almost like a reminder then like people expect to see certain things from you and you build followers that are all following you because like you do this you do that you play this sport and then all of a sudden you're you're doing this other thing Mm-hmm. So for you, just kind of speak on just social media in general. Like, what what are your thoughts on it, and just this oh. this present crazy world we live in, with social media and stuff like that. Social media is a tough thing, man, and I struggle with this every day because I see how it damages people that have been like the closest to me, mm-hmm. and like it's just like it's so hard to even like really decipher it, but um. To, straight, to answer your question and like be more straightforward, I think social media is great because you can use it to build your brand. Yes, when you're, um, for example, what you said, like when you're an athlete and everything on your social media is you being an athlete, that's what your followers want to see. And now you're transitioning to something else. You're not getting as many likes because those are not what your followers want to see. It's about like, honestly, you just got to, it's about building your brand. You're changing your brand. You're, you're transitioning, transitioning into something else. So you got to gain um, different, different types of followers. Followers, followers that want to see um, what you're doing at the point in time and you know what that takes time just like it took time for you to build up the follower base that you had but for mm-hmm. you as an athlete it's going to take time to build up the follower base for you as a businesswoman or a businessman so it's just really um, be, being able to be strategic and finding those people that align with your views and you know reaching out to people following the people that are doing the things that you want to do and have you know reach out to them so that they can see what you're doing so it all comes down to building your brand but also making sure um, that you're not really what's how do I put this? Don't place t- <laughs> it's it's tough. Like it's uh, tough. no, I, I feel you, man. It's a it's a it's a touchy it's a touchy subject because I feel like social media is really such a good thing, but mm-hmm. it's only good if you don't let it use you. Absolutely. Like, and you use it for your benefit and for your purposes and to advance your life forward instead of for your identity and kind of because it, it can really put you in a box that that you want to get out of and you can't, or you feel like you can't anyway. I've seen so many people. um, It's like their livelihood is based on social media and it's so detrimental to your personal development that sometimes they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it plays so much into your mental health. Like you cannot be looking at social media and comparing yourself and where you are in your life to what you see on social media. One, people only put their highlights on social media. We both know this. We've talked about this before. Um, and it just, it can, it can stop your growth. Like, you know what I mean? You spend so much time thinking about what other people are doing that you're not even, um, you know, doing what you got to do, doing the research that you got to do to be where you want to be, um, taking those steps to really, um, advance yourself like you're you're spending too much time evaluating someone else's life mm-hmm. but yeah we can go on and on about this man like i've seen like the end results of it it's yeah. crazy yeah well well I'll, I'll make sure we'll have one just on social media because yeah. i think i think today the reality of life is that like i was saying this with my app like when a lot of people ask me about co the one thing that's interesting about it is that even though like, I, we don't really have a direct competitor from the standpoint. There's no other app out there that lets athletes ask injury questions. Right. But the problem is there's only 24 hours in a day. And if you spend all 24 hours on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter, that mm-hmm. means there's no time to be on our app. And that's exactly. basically the problem is that if you're making any products, basically, you're competing with those guys because there's only so much time in the day and people need to have time to use your product 
but most people are stuck on those ones. Right. So it's a it's it's interesting to kind of see people's like because I pay attention to a lot more just people's behavior and I pay attention to my own behavior and mm-hmm. that was a big reason why for myself I I just came off social media for a bit and just deleted everything because I just wanted to get almost I want to get all the track stuff gone not because I don't ever want to post anything about track but right. I want it to be more like a oh that's like back in the day <laughs> type yeah. of thing rather than like a, this is my life now but mm-hmm. I also think another thing is like. Now, like, I, so I, you know, I post like those videos, those like motivational videos and stuff. Right. I but, like one thing I do, I post them and I just log off <laughs> because right. I don't want to see how people like them. I don't want to. I don't count how many views they get. I don't look at it because right. it doesn't matter. Like, you, I, I, I realize that that's what I want to do with it. Right. I want to help people, and for the people who want to watch, they will. If they don't want to watch, they won't. And that's great. And if you even unfollow me because you don't like it, that's cool. Right. Like. That's what I love about it. It's so authentic. Like when I, I watch your videos and I get so inspired because you're not trying to be anybody else. You're literally just spitting knowledge, talking about what you love, like in the most authentic way. You're not trying to be perfect. You're not reading a script. Like this is just what you do. This is what you love and you're doing it. You don't care what anybody says. So yeah. I think that's the great thing about it. I love it. Every time uh, I see it, I'm like, I, I, I appreciate that. Today. I appreciate yeah. that. And yeah. And I, I, and I think we need that more than ever. Just like, because even like little things and you'll actually understand this because you live in florida yeah. so i noticed this when i lived in arizona i would take pictures and stuff and put it on instagram mm-hmm. and people would be like oh your life looks great because you're in arizona it's and i'm like normal. my i'm like my life's normal i'm like the only difference yeah. is, is that it's just hot here so exactly it, the scenery and the mountains and stuff it looks like it's something but like in reality like everyday life for someone living in florida california Whatever, whatever hot but it's the same as everywhere else it's, it's not stuff. that amazing like mm-hmm. it's the same thing y'all are going through just the weather's a little bit nice it might mm-hmm. not even be as fun as you think it is because when you live here every day it's kind of it gets kind of boring so mm-hmm. yeah no, it's not it's nothing crazy <laughs> so let me ask you this okay so we, we we touched on it a little bit earlier with just you're in the workforce now like mm-hmm. and we talked about just being a black female. Like this is something that's so, um, it's, a, it's obviously a huge topic now because you have from the whole like Larry Nasser stuff and the sexual assault, the Me Too movement. Oh, you you have, reminded me of something. <laughs> you, have, you have all these things. Yeah, like you have all these things. Um, and I always ask people this. And like, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, we're recording a podcast so you don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about. Or whatever. But yeah, I always yeah, ask people yeah. just in general, their experiences, with just this movement that's happening the change and like is some of it do you think some of it is people being over dramatic do you think it's real it's happening like i I don't know i just ask i just want to give you a chance to kind of just express your thoughts what you've kind of experienced yeah it was always two parts to that question so my first i'll answer the harvey weinstein and you know that whole movement me too movement a lot of women don't like my perspective on it but i'm just going to keep it completely real i've talked to my mentor about it and Mm -hmm. you know what like hey it is what it is I think that um, with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing that's been going on in the Me Too movement, um, at one point, these women were okay with what was going on. Like, they knew that they were going to advance their careers if certain things happened. Um, I guess that was the deal at the beginning of it. By no means is he right for what he did. I I think he's still wrong for even having the idea of, you know, using these women um, based on his um, 
status his status and how high he is in the industry Mm -hmm. to kind of take advantage of them but at the same on the same token i do think that these women they're brilliant women so i do think they were aware of what was going on and they were okay with being put on like they were okay with um engaging in this opportunity in order to make millions later down the road like they were okay with it Mm -hmm. and hey i'm not gonna lie like if someone said hey it's now like what's up um let's go out and you'll make a million dollars, $5 million, five years later. Um, and I was okay with that. And, you know, I agreed and ended up happening later. I'm not going to throw him under the bus because I agreed to that. That was, it was very much out there. And you know what I mean? Like, thank you. You put me on, but at the same time, like, I still think he's very wrong for even having that idea and I'm um, trying to take advantage of these women, but on the same token, like I mentioned, um, these women knew what they were getting into. And I think it's kind of hypocritical for them to turn around and say, hey, you're the bad guy because um, you sexually assaulted me or you did whatever you did. And um, and now and now I'm making millions. Like, I don't really see, you know what I mean? I don't really see the correlation there. Like, mm-hmm. there was an agreement and you agreed to it. He didn't maliciously do something to you that you weren't aware of. So that's, only, that's the only place, the only, I guess, portion of it that I don't really understand. Um, it's just the agreement part. An agreement is when two parties agree on a given situation, and that's clearly what happened based on the information that I've been avail- that's been available to me and what I've heard. So I don't understand how he's being um, scrutinized for it, despite the fact that the idea that he had in his head was wrong anyways. Like, yeah, that's completely wrong, but again, the agreement factor is what I don't understand. So to get to your next part, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say, so before you get to the second part, yeah. When you say that to a lot of women around you, like, what do they say? Like, how do they feel about that? You know, it's funny. I've only had the conversation with men. Mm-hmm. And men, of course, I'm not going to say of course, because some men may, may um, disagree with me, but the men that I've speaking to, spoken to, um, they've agreed with me. And they're like, mm-hmm. hey, um, I kind of, I agree. Like, it, it was an agreement. Um, yeah, he's wrong. But at the same time, it, it was something that they both came together and understood what the situation was they were going to bend the women were going to benefit by being um, celebrities, making money, whatever, being high leaders in their industry years down the road. And they knew that. And Harvey Weinstein knew that as well. But yes, he was um, taking advantage of them on a certain level because he was using his power to um, advance, <laughs> advance them. So, I mean, who's really the beneficiary? I, I mean, I, I guess it can go both ways, but I haven't really had the opportunity to really talk to um, any woman about it. So I'm not too sure <laughs> what their um, feedback would be. I feel like I might get a little bit of backlash from this yeah. from women, yeah. but um, I mean, I'm just being totally transparent. I guess it's just the way I think. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I, so the, the thing is that's tough is like, I, I've come to this conclusion, like something happened, like there's just like a certain mindset. And I think, Part of it too is because you're Canadian and like you've moved to the States. It's you just have like a different mindset a lot of times amongst people that you're around. And right. so I'm not I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. Um, but this is the this is the thing, and this is where I think it's interesting. I think today more than ever, people have a very people get very upset when you don't go with movements. Mm-hmm. Like, and so like, I, I, like the way you kind of feel is how I often feel a lot of times about Black Lives Matter. Like, it's not that I don't think Black Lives Matter. I obviously do. But a lot of the movement and the th- way things are happening and the way people go about things, I don't really agree with. Right. You say that, it's like, well, you're like a Black people hate. It's like, no. No. It's just, 
I just see things a little bit different just because of, you know, my perspective, my biopsy. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just wouldn't go about doing things that way. I just see things a little bit different. So that's, that's what it's kind of sounds like you're saying. Yeah. I'm definitely on the same page with you there. Um, I love black lives matter and what they stand for. Um, however, it's very hard for me to align with the movement. Um, I don't think I like the way they carry out um, some of their, um, I guess, causes. Mm -hmm. I, one thing that comes to mind is when the Black Lives Matter movement in Toronto, I think there was like a, it might've been like the pride parade or something. Yeah, I where, know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that. Yeah, where they were saying that they didn't want um, like white people, um, it was something where they're excluding white people. I can't remember the exact um, yeah, situation. Because they stopped the whole parade, right? Yeah, something like that. And for me, I'm all about diversity. Like, you know this, like, I just love a collection of people coming together, whether it be black, white, Indian, Chinese, gay, straight, I don't care. So I feel like if they were to voice their cause in a way that was in inclusive at all times, I would be more aligned with their movement. But um, I definitely support what they're trying to do. I just don't know if I like the way they're executing it. I got you. And then, okay, so then going into the second part now, you were talking about- um, Being a black woman. Yes, being a black woman. And, and I think it's important because the one big reason why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place is I, I've always grown up feeling like just as blacks, young black people growing up, they don't have enough role models of people right. doing really good things that don't involve sports or music, entertainment. Like we can do more than just entertain people. Like totally agree. We have, we're, we're smart. We can you know, get good jobs. We can make money. Mm -hmm. We can save money. We can build up things for our family. We can do all that stuff just like everybody else can do. Can do right. But we don't, like as a kid, I don't really remember seeing those examples. I didn't grow up being like, oh, like even when you think about, you think about some of the richest, uh, you know, black people that come to mind. If you think of like Jay-Z, Pete mm -hmm. Diddy, Dr. Dre, and these guys, that's all music, you know, <laughs> or, you, or you think of yeah. athletes like Michael Jordan and stuff like that. And it's just, it's it, people always come from the same categories, even though there are black billionaires like Oprah and, you know, there's other guys like that, um, other people like that. Um, so that's why I, why I want to touch on this. I think it's important for people to kind of understand that one, it can be done, but then also understand maybe some of the struggles and, uh, or maybe there aren't struggles. Maybe you didn't face struggles. I don't know. That's, that's yeah. No, it's definitely tough. And like, I just started my new job um, this week. So Friday was my, my, the, I guess the conclusion of my first full week mm -hmm. and like even in just my first week like it was tough and it's like you don't un it's hard to understand it um I guess from different positions if you're not in the position of a black woman but um like you just gotta work you gotta prove yourself like I left uh work every single day with a headache and I left with a headache because not even because I was thinking too hard because I was putting on the shield and I was smiling every, every second that I was engaging with somebody. And you think like, hey, smiling's not that hard. But like, no, like I had to be like, hi, like, you know, like overly friendly because it's like you have to be that to be accepted. And like, even then you're still not um, even really accepted sometimes. And it's tough, like even from my coworkers to my managers, I'm probably the most qualified person out of my team of new hires, but I still feel like I'm at the bottom. I still, I look at the interactions from my manager when she's interacting with me to the way she interacts with other people. And I'm like, damn, like what, like what's wrong with me? Like, am I, what do I got to do? Like, why do you, 
feel so uncomfortable. And you can see the discomfort in someone's face when they talk to you. Like they're trying to figure out how they should engage you. Like if they're being um, too hard, like, you know what I mean? Like, so that's something that I struggle with, like really trying to kind of give myself pep talks throughout the day to kind of be like, hey, like I know it's tough, but you got to pick yourself up and keep doing it. Keep smiling. Keep um, ignoring the petty stuff. Like, don't worry about it. Um, sorry, I'm getting uh, oh, good. FaceTime call. Let me just decline that. But <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> but really just um, not letting that petty stuff get you down. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it's tough because you see every day you got to deal with it. Every day you got to overcome it. And even I was just talking to my best friend about this. I was, I was looking at the way black men are treated in my office. And it just seems like everyone really liked them. Like everybody was very um, gravitated towards this particular black guy in my office. Um, everyone thought he was funny. Like everybody wanted to talk to him. Everyone was at his desk introducing themselves. And I'm like, hey, like I'm, I feel like I'm the nicest person in the world. Like I'm, I may not be approachable sometimes because I know I kind of have that um, RBF face. Yeah, but well, um, but even, even with that though, like yeah, I, I feel like black women get labeled with that a lot more. Mm -hmm. Like a, a, a black woman just being like a normal, like whatever your resting normal face is with no emotion is mm -hmm. taken a lot more negatively than uh, a white person just with a normal, like resting chill, yeah. chill face. So mm -hmm. I think even that there's some, there's some prejudice involved as well. It is so hard. And like <sighs> on Friday, yesterday, yesterday was Friday. Yeah. Yesterday I was really sitting at my desk and I was thinking like, like, what do I got to do? Like how it's like a never ending cycle. It's like, I, I can feel uncomfortable and leave the company and go somewhere where I think it's going to be better, or I can stay and deal with this every single day. And it's like, where does it end? Cause I, I went from when I was in Toronto, I was working at the city of Toronto, which was very, uh, um, more or less the pretty much the same office type of environment. Mm -hmm. I left because I didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable. I left because I felt like I was only black woman. I was working in it, which is already has a lack of women, much less black women in the industry. Yeah. And I just felt like nobody respected me. Like I felt like I didn't have a voice. So I was like, you know what? I don't like it. I'm not happy. I'm going to leave. So I left and I went to, um, the Ministry of Labor, so the government of Ontario, just a higher government um, institution than where I was before. I went there, I thought it was gonna be great, but it, it happened again. I didn't like the people, the people didn't seem to like me. I'm like, what am I doing? Is it me? Like this feeling is following me and I just figured, okay, well, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go somewhere else. I left and I worked in a sporting um, environment and it was a little bit better, but I was still feeling the same. Um, and then look at me now, I'm in another office environment and the feelings following me. So I was talking to my mom yesterday and I like really just came to the conclusion that it's just society. It's the way it's going to follow me forever because I can't run away from who I am. I'm a black woman who's going to face the um, challenges that come with that. So, I mean, at, really at the end of the day, it just comes to being strong and really just sitting, sitting down, having those pep talks with yourself. Um, and just really encouraging yourself to like, hey, we're going to stick through this. We're going to get through it. Um, if you have to kiss ass for a little bit to get to where you want to be, you got to kiss ass. But that's how you get to the top, unfortunately, for us. And it's a little bit easier for black men, I think, um, just from observation. But um, it just goes back to that intersectionality of being black and being a woman. It's like a you get <laughs> double jeopardy. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned the black male thing. Because I think what happens with black men, I think... It's like once once people realize you're not like stereotypically hood, they really mm -hmm. like you. like it's like the craziest thing. Like yeah. 
I'll never forget this, man. When I, when I worked in Oklahoma City, this is the craziest thing. So my wife needed to take, my wife and I have always shared a car. So she took the car and went somewhere. So my brother came to pick me up from work. So my brother pulls up and my boss just happened to be outside the building. So I was like, hey, you know, you want to meet my brother? So brother gets out the car. They introduce him, whatever. Like not a big deal, just normal interaction. We go home. I come in on Monday and my boss comes to my office. He's like, Ian, I got to meet your parents one day. I was like, why? He's like, I just can't believe how fabulous you and your brother are. And I, and I sat there and I was thinking to myself, I was like, would he said, have said that to me if I was white? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, he wouldn't have. Like, he was just amazed that we can speak English, that we, we're, we can dress presentably and right. we can have a normal conversation. Just like really think like things that are actually just basic and that a lot more black people can do than many people realize. Um, yep. He was so blown away by this. But like, yeah, like, but he loved us after that. It was just like, I, yeah. I never really had any problems. But at the same time, I, I definitely, um, I, and like, even like something a lot of people don't think about that you can talk about. Because um, I think sometimes with these situations, why people have a hard time believing some of these things is just your perspective is just so different. Um, right. But like one thing a lot of people don't think about is black women and like how you wear your hair when you go to work. <laughs> that's something that a lot of people do. they don't think about it though and they don't and how it changes every day <laughs> yeah like you can change your hair and like and i even remember when i had dreads like yeah if i had my if i got them redone like people would be like oh did you get a haircut like they couldn't really understand what happened right. like, they were like i see something different but i can't put my finger on it and then when yeah. you can't put your finger on it it's like scary and weird yeah like that's weird <laughs> yeah i definitely go through that i was talking about with my friend as well i was like yeah hey, i think i'm gonna um, cut, well, not cut my hair, but you know, change my weave a little bit. Maybe come to school, come to work natural the next day. They don't understand it. They're like, okay. Um, sometimes they won't comment on it. They'll just act like nothing, there's no change because they don't know what to say. Or they'll be like, oh, that's really cool. Like, can I touch it? Like, how do, how do you do that? How long did it take you? Um, and yeah, it's funny because sometimes I'm very skeptical even about changing my hair um, very often because I just. I don't want to deal with the questions or the uncomfortable explanations or having to, you know, kind of put them on um, culture, which is probably something that I should do because the only way people can um, feel comfortable in the future with people like me is if I take the time to educate them and not really feel um, uncomfortable about doing so. But um, yeah, I think the reaction that I get from my coworkers from little things like changing my hair day to day or, you know, is, is, is I shouldn't feel uncomfortable doing that, but yeah. it's just there's a lack of um, culture understanding between the two groups. So that's all that is. Well, I'll I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll challenge you on that to definitely try and have those conversations more because yeah, I think one big problem with race, and I think finances are this way as well. We've mm-hmm. been trained not to talk about finances. We've been trained not to talk about race and not to talk about these things, and that's why problems kind of persist and they, they continue to go on like because we right. think about money right like a lot of people don't know how much money their parents make they don't know where they spend their money how they spend their money mm-hmm. so that conversation never happens and you get money but you don't want to talk about how much money you make because it's like this like ooh, you know like you don't want to tell someone you make less money than them and, or, or you maybe make a lot more money than your friend and there's, yeah. there's so many scenarios but the reality is if we talk about money we talk about houses and how much they cost and what we're paying for this, what we're paying for that, you start to realize and you start to get put on like a different level of education where you realize like, holy crap, like this is how these people are living. Like when I, I had a mentor who lives down in Austin, Texas, and he started talking to me about 
he, he does, he has all this real estate and he started talking to me about how much money he makes real estate. And I was right. Like, yeah. like when he started okay. dropping some of these numbers, I was like, yeah. like it was more numbers than I was used to hearing and someone making in a week and a month, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, but it's having those conversations that I means teaching me stuff. And I started right. thinking about it and I realized that in general, we don't have those tough conversations or those conversations that could potentially be kind of awkward yeah, and, it, it, yeah, and it keeps us kind of ignorant in certain situations. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, you can't learn from what you don't know. So you got to be able to kind of be willing to spit that knowledge. So I'll definitely take you up on that challenge. Um, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So sure. I got I to gotta take that advice. Okay. So one more question, then we'll start wrapping up. And yeah. what I want to ask is ultimately, like, what do you want for your career? What do you ultimately want to be doing? What do you see yourself doing? Yeah, um, I want to, it's going to be a process for me. I know right now, um, I'm definitely not in the position I think I should be in. I think I'm very much so underpaid. I know that. But at the end of the day, like, I took it as, hey, like, I'm underpaid. I know that I'm overqualified. I know that. But let's learn where I am. Learn where you um, grow, where you're planted is basically what I'm trying to um, execute right now. So um, I'm trying to take as much knowledge as I can from where I'm at and use that to get to the next position. Ultimately, I want to be a human capital management strategist and focusing on um, or strategist. I say strategist, but focusing on. Um, it's all good. Listen, listen. I, I, had a, I didn't know the word analytics I, I used to say analytics yeah years i'll be out here just talking about analytics so. <laughs> I, I don't know i like strategies better I than data, think, so whatever it's all good yeah so ultimately i want to be a human capital management strategist i'm focusing on diversity and inclusion so with that i want to be able to help businesses um with in implementing their diversity and inclusion strategy, getting more diverse people um, in their workforce that are also qualified. I think there's a very a large disconnect with um, large companies where they don't know how to balance um, the spectrum of getting highly qualified candidates that are also diverse. I think oftentimes I either f focus on the diversity aspect, getting as many Blacks, Hispanics, um, Asian, whatever the case may be, as opposed to um, Whereas other companies will focus on um, just getting talented people. So I think there needs to be um, a balanced spectrum on both. And that's something that I want to end up doing on an entrepreneurial um, platform with um, companies. So that's kind of what I'm working towards right now. I'm working at a human capital management firm. So I would like to think I'm on the right track. Um, but we'll see. So that's just part of my long term vision. And I, every day I try to work towards that and build those relationships that will help me get there. There we go. And I'll, I'll tell you guys what. Uh, we're going to have Tanel back on, obviously, and we're going <laughs> to dig into some real good topics. We're going to talk yes. about mental health, social media. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, uh, just business in the sports world in general. Um, but if you guys definitely have any questions for Tanel, uh, what is the best way for people to kind of reach out or connect with you? Yeah, um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Tanel Taylor Chase. Um, it's just my name or Facebook or I don't know. What else do I have? Instagram. You can hit me cool. up on that, ty.tc. But yeah, just type my name in. You should find it somewhere. Cool. And what I'll do, I, those will all be in the show notes. So you guys can just go to the show notes and click on all those if you want to get in touch with her. Um, I'll make sure you guys, you guys have any injury questions, make sure you download the app. Uh, make sure you just go to the app store, type in KHO. Android is coming soon. Also, Make sure you check out athleticcourage.com if you want anything to do with sports related, just getting better as an athlete. We've got tons of information there for you guys. Until next time, uh, make sure you guys take it easy.